0: Welcome to Fire the Canon. This is a podcast where we usually read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. Sometimes we interview writers and other book people. This week, we're going to talk to you about the life of Scott Fitzgerald, as we like to call him. F. Scott. Scott. But uh, basically, the reason we're doing it is because next week... We will begin our mini-series on The Great Gatsby, so we wanted to give you all a little bit of context about the life of its writer. I'm your host, Rachel. Oh, I like that. I'm your host, Jackie.
1: That was so good. My name is Theo. I'm the producer.
0: (laughs) You like that I'm the host? (laughs) No, it just felt like you were so prepared. Yeah. (laughs) We're never prepared. (laughs) I always wonder why you guys have such a hard time doing the intro. It's I wonder why you guys have a hard time. I don't have a hard time. Me? I
1: actually wonder what both of your problems are with this. (laughs) (laughs)
2: i don't know okay so uh i guess it's because i always i have maybe i've never told you guys this and that's part of the problem but i always picture in my head like our intro is kind of like the intro to the simpsons where like it's a different thing on the couch every time oh yeah yeah maybe that is the problem
1: (laughs) it's like kind of a different podcast we're describing every time
2: my dishwasher man needs his money now so great timing i'll be back (laughs) okay see you later I could not believe it when that fucking dishwasher just turned right the fuck on. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) Were you embarrassed? No, because I know I'm not crazy. No, I, I reset the circuit. Like <laughs> Were you like, oh, it never does this. I wonder if what made the difference is like I took all the dirty dishes out of it and put them in the sink and then it turned on.
1: And maybe it's uh, thinking like, I'm going to change my career.
0: Yeah, it's like I'm only going to turn on when there's not any dishes in here. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be like an empty box that turns on and off from now on. I'm pissed. I'm going to get charged
2: $120 diagnosis fee for him pressing the button.
1: Oh, man. Mm. Did he press the button? He was like,
2: cha He said,
0: money, please. <laughs> money, please.
2: I love money. He said, uh, well, it seems to be on now. And I was like, no, no way. There's no way.
0: No, no, no. no
2: break it again. Then you hit it with a hammer and you're like, okay, diagnose that. I feel bad. And I left him down there with all my animals. I tried to get Grover to come upstairs with me and he was just like, no, I found a new favorite person. So he was like down there under the sink, like laying on the ground and Ernie and Grover are both over there just like sniffing his head and <laughs> why do you find that so funny?
1: I would be so annoyed if that was me personally, but maybe this guy loves animals, but it is. He doesn't care. It is a funny situation because you can't have them all in the room with you right now because you're recording and i know so i guess the only option is to have him downstairs with the
0: with guy him. <laughs> yeah i mean he's getting paid more than a hundred dollars for nothing so he can deal with a couple animals
1: he can write pet sitter on his resume <laughs>
0: I was like, I either have to piss off Rachel and Theo with all these animals or I have to piss off this guy. I chose that guy. so
1: I appreciate that.
0: Because you'll hopefully never see him again.
1: No, Jackie's going to do a podcast with him. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm busy recording a podcast with the dishwasher guy.
2: Yeah, so I, I had Grover outside, but it's really, really hot and humid today. Like, it's disgusting outside. So I don't want him to stay outside because he'd overheat. So uh, I had the cats all running around, at least, when he came in. And I said, oh, I hope you're not allergic to cats. And he said, I don't, I don't think I am. And I said, you'll find out. Because <laughs> here they come, all three of them, right in your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, only three? Did you
2: warn him about Evangeline? No. she, Well, she, yeah, she's not over there. Oh, okay. So really, it's just the two cats and Grover. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, I found out that it um, was my repairman's 42nd birthday today. Oh, gosh. Do you give him a cat?
1: You give him a birthday bonus.
2: Yeah, I gave him $128. Eight? <laughs> An extra $8. Whoa. Yeah, that was for all the uh, the animal hair.
1: I feel like you figured that out using uh, binary code.
2: I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> Theo loves to say little computer things sometimes. Yeah, 3 that,
1: That's one of the numbers you can get. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Can't you get every number with <laughs> binary
2: code? We're not going to understand because we're girls. <laughs>
1: That's one of the main ones you can get, 120. I mean, lots of times it's like your volume thing goes up to 128 or something, you know.
0: Hmm, no, I don't know.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay, nerdo. Wait, what's no. wrong with the dishwasher. <laughs> nothing what <laughs> it just works now i don't know it just works now wow he Cleaned the filter that'll teach you to try to get things repaired that will teach me that's
1: so funny uh,
0: does he owe you a freebie like if it breaks tomorrow or whatever does he have to fix it for free that
1: should be the case
0: if it breaks
2: again within a year which i suspect it will then whatever i paid today it goes towards it the service fee is paid so yeah all i had to, all i'd have to pay for is the repair oh that's perfect perfect
0: yeah that's Seems seemed like a pretty good deal, actually. Yeah. He was nice. He didn't mind when my dog jumped all over him. Happy birthday, Rob. Did you tell him we have a podcast? No. Well, there's now there's a birthday shout out to him. He'll never find it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unless he happens to already be a listener.
0: Wouldn't that be crazy? This one goes out to Rob.
2: <laughs> I actually don't remember if his name was Rob. It might have been Rob or it might
0: have been Jason. Okay. Happy birthday, Jason or Robert. Okay. Well, let's get to Scott. Scott. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, let's change our names. I'm going to be Frachel. I'll be Jackie. (laughs) Dressbassers J.
1: I have something to say about the name F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Okay. Should I say it now or should I say it later?
0: Say it now because we might forget. Say it now because I'm about to... I'm about
2: to say some other stuff about his name.
1: Do you think, you know how Lil Wayne says his name is Wheezy F Baby? And then Lil he's Lil like, Wayne. the F is for finisher, you know, F is for whatever. Like, you can always use that in rhymes. Is that what F. Scott Fitzgerald did, too?
2: No, I was actually going to say that. So that that's a good segue, Theo. So F. Scott Fitzgerald was born in uh, 1896 in St. Paul, Minnesota. His birthday is September 24th. So he's a Libra, Libra
0: power. And when was he baptized? I don't know. <laughs> You're really slacking. <laughs>
2: He's a Catholic, so it was probably, like, really soon.
0: Yeah. However, yeah, so
2: his parents, actually, his his full first name is just F. It was because his dad had this guy named Scott that he really hated, so he named his son F. Scott. Is that...
1: No. Okay, that's a joke. No. That's <laughs> a true. good joke. <laughs> okay,
0: I was going to say, I think when writers do initial name, last name, I think that's so snobby. I'm like, why are you even doing that? Just be Scott. Literally, nobody calls you F. Be Scott. Do you
1: think he decided? Or do you think somebody else decided for him?
0: To go by F. Scott? Yeah. He decided
2: it. I can say something about that later on, but he had all these different formulations that he thought about. Anyway, so his actual full name is-
1: that was a good joke, Jackie.
2: Thanks. I didn't. I didn't even plan it. You gave me that idea. Well, don't plan okay. your jokes. Actually, <laughs> I know I See, don't. They, but I just wanted you to know.
1: <laughs> Let, let's do a couple more takes of that one.
2: <laughs> um, his full actual name is Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald. Francis Scott Key, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner, was his distant cousin. No. Yes, that's true. So he should have been
0: F. Scott K. Fitzgerald.
1: So now I can't believe anything you say, Jackie. You started this biography with a lie, <laughs> yeah. and now I can't just anything you say for the rest of the episode. A
2: very believable lie, I might add. Two truths and a lie. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so I have a lot to get through, so we're going to get through this. Francis Gocchi was his distant cousin. Um, he also had a distant relative who was hanged in eighteen. 18- Fifty something or sixty
0: something for conspiring to kill Abraham Lincoln. We've all got one of those. Yeah. Wait, what? That is insane to name someone after their distant cousin.
2: Well, it's a really famous distant cousin.
0: <laughs> That's a really stupid thing to do. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, if, if my kid's
2: distant cousin was Beyonce, I wouldn't. I'd probably name her Beyonce. What? Really? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't. B Scott Burton. <laughs> the B stands for Beyonce. <laughs> I'm gonna skip all of his childhood. Cause it's not that super interesting. And we're going to start at Princeton. Oh, nice. All right. So He's at Princeton. It is his sophomore year. And he um, is visiting back home. So he's not at Princeton, actually. He's at Princeton, but it's Christmas (laughs) break. So he goes back home (laughs) from Christmas break. Let me start at
0: Princeton. He's not in Princeton. (laughs) He's
2: attending Princeton, but it's Christmas break. So he goes back home to Missouri. or Sorry, to to Minnesota. And um, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) He's all over the place. (laughs) I was
0: using the abbreviation MI, and I realized
2: it should have been... In MN, so that's what Minnesota
1: is. You can do another take if you want. <laughs> well,
0: MI is not Missouri. MO is Missouri. It's not? No. So that's Michigan. Oh, no. Someone forgot everything she
2: learned in middle school. <laughs> he goes back home to Minnesota, and there he meets Ginevra King, who is 16. Mm. This is kind of <laughs> where all his problems start. <laughs> Things were going pretty well until this point. Pedophilia. <laughs> well, I mean, he's... Uh, not that old. I think he's 20. No, he's probably like 18. <laughs> 18, 19. He's a sophomore and he's 18. I was a sophomore. You and I were both 18 when we were sophomores. We were a little bit different from him.
0: Let me just say that. He was
2: born <laughs> right six days before me. So <laughs> no, what? we might have been in the same class
1: in several <laughs> like years, like several sorry.
2: thousand <laughs> plus six. <laughs> so anyway, he goes back home and he meets Ginevra. So even though he was at Princeton, he like he had come from a middle class family, but they definitely had to work. And they never even owned their own home, the uh, Fitzgeralds. They always rented. So when he met Ginevra, who was from a very wealthy family, they instantly connected and he like fell deeply in love with her. But it was kind of doomed. And this starts out like one of the great themes, if not the great theme of all of Fitzgerald's works, which he said himself, which is a poor boy can't marry a rich girl. So he's trying to date her. He dates her for a few years. When she goes to college, she goes to Westover, which is in Connecticut, so he would go and visit her sometimes. He's at Princeton. It's not that far away. However, she got expelled for flirting with a crowd of young male admirers from her window. A crowd. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) I know, right? I never had a whole crowd of people to flirt with at one time.
0: Yeah, that's weird. That'd be
2: kind of awkward, though. How did none of them get jealous?
0: Probably because she's just like, hi, boys. That's probably the extent of and she got expelled for that she probably literally was like hi boys and got expelled yeah that's my hi, guess. boys i mean
1: she might have even just had her window open she was like walking by and they were like a woman
0: get out of the school
2: yeah <laughs> it's her fault <laughs> she's expelled get thee to a nunnery she
1: distracted our young boys yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah and this was a girl's school so why was there a crowd of young boys anyway um so she <laughs> wait then sorry she expelled. was flirting
0: with young boys Uh, It says
2: young male admirers, is what my. Okay, that's not young
0: boys.
2: (laughs) That that could be. It could. She's a young girl. Why not?
1: It doesn't even specify human in that statement.
2: Yeah, it could be like young male (laughs) snakes, beavers, (laughs) raccoons. I don't know. (laughs) um so then she got expelled she had to go back to minnesota not michigan oh gosh and um he couldn't see her as often but i mean he still tried so he he was so invested in her that he would like go back and forth from princeton to minnesota to try and see her her father disapproved though and he said at some point poor boys shouldn't think of marrying rich girls Ginevra broke things off. Oof. She broke up with him. He flunks out of Princeton because he can't pass chemistry, which I read. And I was like, really? You fail one class and you're out.
1: <laughs> yeah, just change your major. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Why was he trying to major in chemistry? It wasn't his major. <laughs> so he's he's depressed. So he decides he's going to join the army, which is um, currently World War One is going on at this point. It's like 19. He's so dramatic.
0: So dramatic. No, he literally joined the army. He gets in one relationship. And he joins the army, and it influences all of his future writing. Yeah. Like a relationship with a teen girl. That's pathetic. Okay,
2: just wait. Just you wait. So okay. it's 1917. He flunks out of Princeton because he's heartbroken and can't pass chemistry or something. And he joins the army, hoping and planning to be killed. Like, he's he's basically doing suicide by war.
1: <laughs> and so, that's the most complicated way to do suicide, though. I
2: know, <laughs> that's like some Nathan Freeze. shit. <laughs> yeah, right. The plan? Enlist in the army. Become a second <laughs> lieutenant. Go through basic training. Get sent overseas. Get into battle. You know, like, what if it doesn't work? And it did didn't, clearly. So, <laughs> what if you become a war hero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. A
2: fate worse than death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's hoping he'll be sent into combat and killed. And, uh, He did say, you know what, I'm about to be killed. So he wanted to write a book first. He said, the last thing I ever want to do is write a book. So hastily, within about three months, he dashed off this novel that he called The Romantic Egotist. It was rejected by publishers. And so he goes into the army, and it's like, well, I guess uh, if that was going to be the end of F of Scott Fitzgerald, then that was going to be the end, and that would would be all we had.
1: Guess that's the end of F.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the end of F. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Press F to pay respects. So, in 1918, he gets stationed in Alabama, and he starts having, like, what I kind of thought of as a hot boy summer, basically. They didn't call it that Wait, back then.
0: who are we fighting in Alabama at the time?
2: He's just stationed there, like, for training okay. or something.
0: <laughs> you didn't know World <laughs> yeah.
2: War One took place in Alabama? The Third Front. <laughs> it seems like a crazy way to get killed is just go
0: get stationed <laughs> where nothing's happening.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, um, he's, he's, like, dating all these girls in Montgomery, Alabama, while he's in the Army, and um, he meets zelda sayer mm-hmm. who was 17 years old and he was 22 at this time so he has a kind of has an age range he, he likes type. to stick to yeah he has a type yeah. <laughs> and uh his type also is rich girls because zelda is also from a family that's much wealthier than his Oof. and so he's like canoodling with zelda kind of but he's still writing to genevra every once in a while asking if they could ever get back together Ew. genevra marries someone else and Three days later, Francis Scott, Fitzger- Francis F. Scott <laughs> Fitzgerald, Francis Scott Fitzgerald. Why are you calling him? <laughs> what should I call him? Should I just call him uh, F? F.
0: I'll just call him F? Yeah. I don't know. I'll call him F. Scott. Oh, how
1: about Mr.
2: F? I'm
0: going to call him uh, <laughs> F. Scott. No, call him F. Call him F. Please. It's funnier.
1: It is funny to call him F.
0: Do I really have to? Yeah, F. Yeah, it's funnier. Okay, if you say I have F-
2: to. F, 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 <laughs> F, F, Yes, so she gets married to someone else. <laughs> Three days later, F decides, all right, I'm going all in on Zelda, because that was all he had. So a few months later, he moves to Long Island, again, for some army thing. But as soon as he got there, um, the war ended. The Allies signed their armistice with Germany, and uh, he got sent back to Alabama to await discharge. Hmm. Now that he's not going to be able to die in battle, and he had, again, very convoluted plan. He had to go through a lot. Like, Alabama, Long Island,
0: all over the country. Wait. Back to Alabama. <laughs> I have to say one thing about Zelda. Mm-hmm. We all agree it's a cool name, right? For sure. The origin of it. You're about
1: to reveal. Is that there it's. There was a video game. It's
0: just. Oh God. <laughs> It's just a shortened form of Griselda. Oh. That's where it comes from. Oh, really? Which is a bad name, like not a cool name at all. Yeah, that's a scary name.
1: Griselda. Cut
0: off the gri. Now you're like, nice.
1: I think there is a horse named Griselda. There's
0: a horse named Zelda? Griselda. Probably. If I was named <laughs> Griselda, I would go by Grizzy. You wouldn't go by Zelda?
1: <laughs> grizzy. I
0: think I'd be Grizy.
1: <laughs> I mean, that could be a rapper name. Grizzy. <laughs> there's Drizzy.
2: There's Grizzy. Yeah, Lil'
0: Grizz. Little Grizz. Ew.
2: Hey. Hey. All right. So he gets sent back to Alabama because the war ended. And um, he probably honestly, probably if he had gone to, to Europe to fight in the war, he probably would have never seen Zelda again. But so he does mm-hmm. get sent back to Montgomery. They then got kind of back together and they engaged in what he referred to as sexual recklessness, mm. which, okay so smooching but they, <laughs> yeah, i don't know like holding hands in public or something <laughs>
1: <laughs> flirting with a woman who's up in her window
0: the two of them together <laughs> yeah. they teamed up to flirt with women in windows yeah they got together with all
2: those young male snakes and started flirting so he this yeah. is really really weird to me i feel like inertia kind of kept them together it's almost like kafka with um with his girl uh, yeah <laughs> felice felice was her name And so he didn't really plan to marry her, but they both kind of just, like, stuck together and, like, assumed that they would get married. But she also, like, refused to marry him until he made money. In order to prove he could support himself and themselves, he moves to New York City, leaves her in Montgomery, moves to New York City. And he, this is pathetic, goes around begging newspapers to give him a job. (laughs) It doesn't work. So he finds instead a low-paying advertising job, and he starts writing short stories in his spare time, trying to sell them to magazines. He was rejected over 120 times. He made it in New York City for a couple of months, and he made $30 (laughs) off of his writing at that time.
0: Was that a lot back then?
2: No. (laughs) Okay. What year was it? I mean, it was 19... 18 or 19, 19. Mm. <laughs> Certainly, he was uh not. Supporting a whole family off of that, so
1: Theo is calculating. This claims thirty dollars in 1918 was equivalent in purchasing power to about five hundred eighty-eight dollars today.
0: It's not so bad for a brand new writer. That's that's true. I would pay
1: my rent for one month, then I would die. Then I
2: would. <laughs> well, that's what he wanted anyway. What does your lease say, Theo? Like you get not only evicted <laughs> but also executed if you don't <laughs>
1: She assured me it was legal to put that in the lease. so I I trusted her. She's a nice landlord.
2: So um, he's uh, kind of, again, in a dark place. Like, this is now, he's very young still, and he's, like, in the second, like, deep depression of his life at this point. Because he's now been uh, rejected twice by two different women. He's got this dead-end job. He goes back to uh, Minnesota and lives in his parents' attic. So... At this point, he's like kind of at the low point of his life and he rallies and he decides, you know what, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop going to parties. And he revises the shit out of the romantic egotist and he turns it into his first novel, which is This Side of Paradise. Highly autobiographical, focused on his time at Princeton it did get accepted for publication, and what? this was really cute. He was so excited about it that he ran out of his house in St. Paul and started just, like, flagging down random cars and telling them about it. Like, he just wanted to tell people, like, my novel got published. Oh, that's
0: nice. <laughs> and it was a commercial success. Because of his word-of-mouth advertising. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need to
2: do with our podcast, right?
0: Oh, our podcast. We have a podcast. We have
2: a podcast. Get out of the road, Jackie. What are you doing? <laughs> How did they all know who you are by now. <laughs> well, they you know, because I tell them I'm Jackie and I have a podcast. <laughs>
1: Would you stop it? We love your podcast. We
2: already love it. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, everything kind of falls into place, which I felt very like validated by this. Because now that all of like now he's had one n- novel accepted. Suddenly all the stories that used to get rejected all the time start getting accepted, which is just like mm-hmm. they were good enough. He just didn't have a name. Right. Ain't that just the way.
1: That's how it always happens.
2: Um. So at this point, Zelda's like, OK, all right you made some money, come back, I'll marry you now. <laughs> but, like, obviously, if someone did that to you, like, broke up with you because you didn't have money and then said, come back, I'll be with you now that you have money, like, you would you would have your affections for them probably would have cooled. Right?
1: Um, not if I was really pathetic.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but he his affections for her had cooled. He really, would, like, wasn't into her anymore, but he is. He was like, mm. he told a friend, I wouldn't care if she died, but I couldn't stand to have anybody else marry
0: her. He's pathetic. Oh,
2: wow. So he married her, and uh, they got married in 1920, and neither of them really loved the other one. And I was just like, they must have had a
0: really happy marriage. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, so happy.
0: I bet it turned out really well.
2: That's a good prediction, Rachel.
0: Thank you. That's a
2: solid foundation for a good relationship, right? Yeah. So they were wild. They were really wild. They moved to New York City together. They lived in the Biltmore Hotel for a couple of weeks. (laughs) But they kept doing things like she would slide down the banisters and he would like do handstands in the hallway and they were always drunk and like (laughs) bothering people Mm. in the lobby. So after a couple weeks, they got kicked out. This for him, I think, was the best time of his life. Mm. And there was an anecdote that I saw that like really... stuck with me, which I found just like so tragic but it was him he recalled one of the afternoons around this period of time like he was in a taxi in New York City being driven down the street and he just started weeping because he realized he would never be this happy again what?
0: he has a great need of a therapist Yes, <laughs> yes. a powerful uh, need yeah. for a therapist <laughs> yeah absolutely
1: mm. but what therapists were around then there were, Freud I guess could have gone to Freud
0: yeah Freud I guess he could have seen <laughs> the Big Daddy Therapist he could have seen Big Daddy Hot Eel Man himself um, (laughs) We've got to do an episode about Freud. That guy's a freak.
2: Oh, we will. We will. (laughs) I just thought that was so... It kind of just... Reminds me to be empathetic um, to people who don't exist anymore because it's like they too <laughs> feel this like great surge of emotion about like life and like it's gonna end one day and it was like oh my gosh a hundred years ago that's what he was feeling and now he's gone and it's like so sad and someone's gonna think that about me one day if I ever become famous yeah that's the thing <laughs> and this clip is gonna play on their podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> and on and on and on <laughs> and on and on and on
0: ooh in a hundred years a podcast the pod. It's going to be referring to is going to be like the floating pods we all live in Mm. instead of whatever it stands for now ipod or something yeah but
1: yeah but what will the cast refer to i guess fishing everybody's gonna love fishing still
0: yeah fishing out of their pod how will they play this on their podcast or what how will they play a clip on their podcast if a future podcast refers to fishing from a pod (laughs) what does that mean i didn't i didn't uh, did.
1: Rachel, please.
2: Please don't point it out. <laughs> Rachel, please, please don't continue this conversation. What
1: well, I meant to say is, Jackie. Please explain what you meant.
2: <laughs> I didn't mean that.
1: <laughs> that's the first time I mixed up your names, I think, in the whole wide world of our friendship. You
2: mixed up our
0: names? I didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just said Rachel when I meant to say Jackie.
0: Whoa. Ooh. maybe you finally love us, because apparently that's when people mix up names. It's because they love you. Really? Yeah. That's what I told my coworkers. I heard that too. It's like when you mix up two people's names, it's because they
2: occupy similar like neuronal spaces in your brain. So when one set of neurons fires... The other one starts firing as well because now they're connected by a love synapse.
0: That's why it's usually parents doing it about their kids. <laughs>
1: like a human centipede.
0: No, not like that. <laughs> yeah, I told my co-workers Carrie and Caroline that when it's like, it's not fair, first of all, because they're
2: Carrie and Caroline. Yeah. And they were like, that's not true. And I'm like, I fucking love you guys, okay? Just believe me. <laughs>
1: but couldn't it also be hate <laughs> mm-hmm. for Carrie and Caroline?
2: Yeah, it could be any, literally any emotion. But it has to be the same one about both people.
1: This is receptacle for other people I think are.
2: Chagrin.
0: You feel chagrin about That I
1: feel chagrin
0: about. (laughs) You feel chagrate about us.
2: You
1: guys put a big chagrin on my face.
2: okay (laughs) sorry that was pretty funny (laughs) so like i said this super happy period of his time where he's weeping with joy in taxi cabs lasts a couple of weeks (laughs) and uh his prediction was correct he was never that happy again trouble was never really far behind him and zelda they were both they both had alcohol abuse problems they accused each other of cheating they told everyone they would probably break up soon and this was like within a, a few months of their getting married when they really shouldn't have gotten married in the first place mm-hmm. so uh, i see someone typing theo i see you typing no, on my I, outline I in google docs i didn't
1: type it <laughs> i didn't type it i'm not even logged in
2: you should have typed on something on a page that i'm not currently reading
0: <laughs> maybe it's one of your cats doing it jackie oh he actually did
2: manage to make one uh, edit that i didn't notice until just now so I said they're they're threatening to break up, but Zelda became pregnant. Theo added, with the devil baby. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good baby. It's a good baby.
1: It's Rosemary's baby.
2: No, it's Zelda's baby. I always want
1: to make a reference to Rosemary's Baby.
2: <laughs> I know you love Rosemary's baby. So she gets pregnant, he's working on his second novel, which will be The Beautiful and Damned, and she gives birth to their daughter who they named Frances. Hmm. Scott no. Fitzgerald and they called her Scotty. Hmm. So not Frances, but Frances. Yeah. Zelda in her post-anesthesia haze um, says something that he later adapted into The Great Gatsby, one of the most famous lines, which is, I hope she's beautiful and a fool. A beautiful little fool is what she said about her daughter. Wow.
1: Whoa. Did she get joint writing credit?
0: (laughs) Joint writing credit? Yeah, no. She actually was like, I'm pretty sure she's a pretty good writer, but she never got any respect.
1: Just like Rodney Dangerfield.
2: (laughs) I think uh, we ought to do an episode on Zelda at some point, maybe a bonus episode.
0: Yeah, that would be a good idea.
2: Yeah, she was also a good writer. Why? Well, I don't know if she was good. I never read her stuff. I tell you, I
1: had a baby last week. Came out a devil baby. I don't get, I no, get respect.
2: no respect. <laughs> I love stupid jokes. You do, you do. So, um, F, who I, they're insisting I call him F. He mainly. The he wants He's
0: been here the whole time. They know. They know we're the ones who insisted.
2: I just feel like it's confusing to call someone a single letter. It
0: is, not. it is not. That's his name. If he didn't want you to call him that, it wouldn't be the first part of his name. Yeah, his name is F. Okay. Yeah. So F, he mainly wants to be a novelist
2: and a playwright. He did not like writing short stories. But when you look at, like, what his actual body of work consisted of, it was over 160 short stories that were published. He probably wrote even more. And then um, four novels and one play that actually ended up getting staged, which I'm going to talk about a lot. And Theo, I hope you did not read ahead on the outline because... I want to surprise you with this, so. Mm. But the reason he wrote so many short stories is because that's how he was able to support his little family, (laughs) selling them to magazines. Um, Because
0: they were very lucrative, right? At the time, there was, like, a short story craze. There were all these literary zines. I mean, magazines.
2: I guess. He published stuff in, in like, the Saturday Evening Post, and Zelda thought that was awesome, but serious writers like Fitzgerald and uh, one of his great friends, Hemingway, who I'll talk about later, they did not consider that, like, a good literary career. They considered that, like, just keeping afloat, you know? Frivolous. Frivolous, yeah. So, he managed to, I'm gonna talk about his play now. So, he, one of his stories, he did adapt into a play, um, which was called The Vegetable, and it was staged on Broadway in 1923. The vegetable is part of the public domain, and I contend that we, I think I i want to make like so many bonus episodes out of this now. The vegetable would be so funny to cover. He had <laughs> written to his agent that Like, he was so optimistic about this. He said, this play will, quote, make my fortune. It would be, quote, the funniest ever written. Whoa. And he told other people that it would be, quote, an awfully funny play that's going to make me rich forever. Then he farted, (laughs) according to what Theo wrote on the outline.
1: (laughs) Jack, how could you?
2: What do you want me to do? Like, read it as though I put it there and not mention that it was you? Everyone's (laughs) going to know.
1: (laughs) It's just a funny timeline of events.
2: (laughs) Yeah, just a funny timeline. (laughs)
1: You'd think it wouldn't be worth mentioning, but...
2: (laughs) Yeah, you would think. (laughs) He
1: he wanted it to be in there in his (laughs) biography. Yeah,
2: it was the fart heard (laughs) around the world. We had to put it in there.
1: (laughs) He ran up to cars yelling, I farted. They were
2: like, we know, we know, F, get out of (laughs) here. All right, so I just want to take a brief tangent into the plot of The Vegetable, okay? The Vegetable plot, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's about a nice, normal dude named Jerry. Jerry doesn't have much ambition He wants to be a postman. He really wants to be a postman. But he has been, like, conditioned by society to believe that, like, wanting to be a postman isn't a high enough ambition. And, like, if you're a good, serious person, like, worth their salt, you should want to be something else. You should want to be something greater. So he becomes a railroad clerk. All right, so he's doing that. He forgoes his great dream of being a postman. And he thinks, everybody, like, is acting like I should want even more. So even though he doesn't truly want any more, in fact, he wants less, he decides that he should want to be president of the United States. Mm. He doesn't want it, but he decides that he should want it, so he does that. So he gets drunk one night, and when he wakes up, there's a knock on the door. Someone is coming to deliver the news that he has received a unanimous nomination to the presidency by the Republican Party. So he becomes (laughs) the president, and it gets really, really absurd. There's my favorite thing from the play that I was able to find so far was... um, There's a senator from Idaho who is demanding the president's resignation. So, and they call this the Idaho Man, uh, sorry, the Idaho Matter. Hmm. Jerry makes a deal with the president of Irish Poland, Mm. which we find out is... They say one of the new European countries that they did by like mashing together unprofitable territories. So Irish Poland is a thing. And Hmm. Jerry hates Idaho because of this guy from Idaho who's trying to get him to resign. So he decides to um, make a deal with Irish Poland where he will buy from them a piece of land called the Buzzard Islands. And in return, they get Idaho for free. But they have to take Idaho. Oh, no. And the president of Irish Poland is like, "Uh, we don't really want to be responsible for Idaho. Jerry's like, it comes with everyone in it. The whole state and every citizen of Idaho, you have to take with you if you want me to buy this island from you. So he keeps upping the price and upping the price. And in the end, Jerry pays $5 million just to get rid of the state of Idaho. Hmm.
1: So he's sort of alternative comedy.
2: Yeah, it was a political satire. And it was genuinely funny. But the problem was that it was terribly boring when it actually got staged. Because (laughs) (laughs) that is a problem. Yeah, it was a huge failure. So He, the stage directions are really long and they contain a lot of the humor, but you don't get the humor in stage directions when you're actually watching the play.
0: Of course. It was like
2: full of wordplay that you can't appreciate when you're just looking at it. Like it was really meant to be read.
1: (laughs) That's a really obvious problem. (laughs)
2: Right. 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 It probably ran for more than one night, but it didn't run for very long. It was an unmitigated disaster, and people were so bored, they started walking out during the second act, and even the actors started quitting during the play.
1: (laughs) During the play?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Rachel's story about Pete Davidson, where people were like getting up and leaving.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But Pete Davidson didn't say, like, man, I quit.
2: He kind of did. He kind of phoned it in. (laughs) Yeah, so they were, people were quitting, and the middle of the play and so f asked like the main actor the guy playing jerry if he intended to continue the performance and he said he did so f fled the theater himself and just went to the bar and got drunk so that was his play wow wow it lost him so much money that he had to write even more short stories to make up for all the money he'd lost.
0: Oh, no. What a nightmare.
1: <laughs> how do you get to the point where it's actually staged and is that bad and it's being staged and people are watching it?
0: I have
2: no idea. He must have invested a lot of his own funds in it because it said it lost him a bunch of money. Hmm. Like, how do you not notice that a play is so boring that even the actors can't stand <laughs> to finish it? Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, right. right.
2: I guess no one noticed. All right. Mm.
1: So is Irish Poland just like Ireland and Poland put together? Yeah,
2: that's just one country now. They're just not uh, adjacent, I guess. And now they have Idaho. Seems as well.
1: inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, it
2: yeah. seems like there's a lot of stuff spread out. And now everybody who lives in Idaho is uh, Polish. No longer a citizen of the United States. Hmm. He he obviously considered this play to be a huge disaster. He never wanted to think about it again after it was over. Kind of like Theo with uh, your brush with fame. And <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the Applejack's thing again.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but look, you brought it up.
0: Yeah, luckily if Jackie doesn't, you always will. So he considered this a huge
2: waste of time and money. There are biographers of him who said, like, no, actually, like, writing that play and having that experience prepared him to write the Great Gatsby which was a much like tighter more like focused organized work hmm. he writes the Great Gatsby entirely he and Zelda moved to Europe their relationship over there deteriorated even more she was starting to exhibit some behaviors that were very erratic and like kind of self-destructive and a lot of people know about Zelda Fitzgerald that she eventually developed schizophrenia there's kind of some debate about whether it was really schizophrenia or if it was like maybe bipolar or maybe if If it was just something else going on, who knows? Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. But
2: she's starting to exhibit symptoms of that. So um, The Great Gatsby got published in 1925. I thought it was kind of interesting that, like, the great American novel wasn't even written in America. Hmm.
0: But— I mean, it's, it takes place in America and it's by an American, so I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's the great
2: European novel now. <laughs> I
0: really don't think so. <laughs> the great
2: Irish-Polish novel. <laughs> so he moves to, like I said, he he's in Europe, and The Great Gatsby was published and, like, it was well-received. Like, critics liked it and Hemingway liked it which is important. Mm. (laughs) Hemingway is kind of like the Byron to um, Fitzgerald's Shelley, Shelly. That's what I was trying to the say. The guy we had an
0: episode about. <laughs>
2: the guy we had an episode about. Listen to it, audience, if you haven't yet. Yeah, they were friends, but they were also, like, big rivals. Um, so, Ooh. but he meets him, and he Ooh. meets, like, a ton of other famous authors while he's living in Paris. Hemingway did not like Zelda. He correctly, I guess, wrote that she was insane. There's, like, a very famous—Rachel, do you know what I'm about to talk about? There's a very famous incident that occurs between Fitzgerald and Hemingway. Theo doesn't know. Theo doesn't know, but Rachel Maybe knows. knows. Um, Are you talking about F? Mm-hmm. We're talking about F. Sorry. I don't like calling him I'm that. About F. Keep doing it, though. Let's just call him the F-boy. Yeah, the F-boy. He wasn't much of an F-boy, though. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah, Hemingway didn't like Zelda because she was, again, like, definitely acting erratically, but she was also kind of cruel <laughs> to her husband. And I couldn't tell if she was, like, telling everyone this or if she just told him this um Fitzgerald but he yeah. at one point like was drinking together with Hemingway in Paris and Hemingway wrote this in his um memoir later mm-hmm. or his autobiography which
0: who can even trust him he was such an asshole
2: yeah uh, yes i will talk about that in a second too but he let me just back up for a second Hemingway and Fitzgerald both kind of like had seemingly some Maybe fluidity, maybe like confusion. Definitely a lot of denial about like their sexuality and gender. Maybe Fitzgerald not so much as gender. Are you um, sure? What do you mean?
0: Are you sure they were unaware of their genders? I didn't say they were unaware of their <laughs> genders. <it> was, <laughs> I said
2: confused and maybe
0: in denial.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not the same as unaware. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were unaware of if they weren't sure what it was, but um, Hemingway had a kind of weird, we'll talk about him in a different episode, of course, but I mean, he had a weird upbringing where his mom often, like, dressed him in girls' clothing and, like, referred to him as a girl and stuff, so he might have, like, been kind of fucked up from that, but he also, like, had this hyper-masculine, you know, air that he put on. Persona. (laughs) Persona, yeah. Yeah and he kind of like upped his masculinity by sometimes like emasculating Fitzgerald a little bit Mm. so the story that he tells in his autobiography is Fitzgerald saying to him like oh man like Zelda told me my penis is really small and that's why she's not happy with me and that's why she's acting this way she said I'm going insane because your penis is small (laughs) she said it can never please any woman I'm like Zelda have you ever seen any other penises you you better not have because he was your first anything when you met when you were seventeen, well, who knows? Mm. Well, she may have, but she wasn't supposed to have.
0: Men used to wear skimpy little bathing suits. Maybe she saw some outlines. <laughs> Maybe. So, um, so
2: Hemingway's like, "I got you, bro. Show me. I will give you an objective opinion." Whoa! Wow. <laughs> so he shows him, and Show Hemingway writes. Show me that peen.
1: This is all in Hemingway's autobiography.
2: Yes, it's all in Hemingway's autobiography, which is weird because there's no
1: other evidence for this thing happening other than his.
2: No, (laughs) No. which again is weird because this kind of undermines that really masculine persona. So he writes about it and people are like, well, that must be true then.
0: I don't think it's unmasculine to look at your friend's penis for him. Okay. (laughs) It's weird. Um. I don't think it's on the spectrum of masculinity at all. It could be
2: on the spectrum of homosexuality a little bit, right? Or homoeroticism. I
0: guess it depends if
2: you're wearing gloves or
0: not.
1: If you're mostly just interested in seeing how small it actually is so you can make fun of him with zelda or something
2: right that could have been it um also rachel he was hemingway wasn't wearing gloves i can tell you that i was there Well, he only did he look or did he touch that's the other thing so here i don't know i'm just going to tell you what <laughs> hemingway
1: said <laughs> I, was <laughs> you, I was like whoa look with your eyes not with your hands and then he was like, i can't get a sense of it Wait, <laughs> hey,
0: look with your eyes not your mouth yeah oh, gosh. <laughs> not with your butt and he's like look density matters bro <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. density like it's a neutron star it may be small, but it's extremely dense. Well, <laughs> everything has
0: density. <laughs> wow.
2: What if you went around like telling girls like my peen tiny, but extremely it's dense. dense. As fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So good or bad. Mm everyone's different. So he shows him and Hemingway apparently is like, dude, you're totally normal. Everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) And Fitzgerald is like, but it's short. And he's like, well, it's because you're looking at it from above. What you have to do is go to the Louvre and look at the sculptures of the like naked male statues and you'll see that you have nothing to worry about. Which those are all like famously very small. Yeah. So like the (laughs) fact that he's telling him like, go look at those and you'll feel better. Mm. I don't know that that's,
0: you know, all that clear. Well, because small peen was a virtue back then. It was a virtue. It was seen as elegant.
2: Yeah, but I don't think uh, Fitzgerald knew that or Hemingway was trying to be like, no, 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 you measure up to those perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, compare (laughs) yourself to David. (laughs)
2: Okay. He writes in his autobiography that Fitzgerald's penis was of average size. Nice. I think if he really wanted to do him a solid, he could have said a little more than that, but, you know, average totally fine. You mean
1: a little more as in like, you could have said it was larger or he could, could have gone into more description. He
2: could have said like, he's hung like a horse or something, you know, like if he wanted to really it, pump no. that grow up.
0: No, because then you won't believe it. If you're like, look, it's totally normal, dude. That's more believable than like, if someone thinks they have a small penis and you say, actually, it's really big. I don't think they'll believe you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm not saying
2: there's anything wrong with having an average size penis or even a tiny penis or even no penis at all.
0: Yeah. Girls. They're elegant. (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) but zelda hears about this about them because they're not comparing right like hemingway's not involved in this zelda hears about this she accuses them of being gay together now everything starts to fall apart now everything starts to fall apart to prove how straight he is f goes and has sex with a prostitute nice
0: why couldn't he have sex with his female wife to prove that he's straight. Because his (laughs) penis size was
2: driving her insane. It was so bad (laughs) for her. (laughs) So, they are at a party, and uh, shortly after this, Zelda throws herself down a set of marble stairs because... Mm.
1: His penis was so small. (laughs) Because
2: his penis was so small. (laughs) She tried to talk with him, but he was busy talking to I was gonna just say a woman, but it wasn't just a woman. It was Isadora Duncan, who, if you know who she is, Mm -mm. she was a dancer, but she I think is most famous for how she died, which was her scarf got stuck in the wheel of her car and she was strangled to death.
0: But they didn't know that at the time. No,
2: they didn't know that's how she was going to (laughs) die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was busy
2: talking to her while her scarf got stuck and Zelda was really mad that he wasn't paying attention to her. So she throws herself on the steps. Gosh. I had a little bit more about, like, Hemingway and Fitzgerald and, like, maybe their homoerotic stuff. It was kind of interesting because they both did write, like, there were shades of maybe homosexual undertones in both of their writings. And also, I guess what Hemingway at the time would have called transsexual, which is not a term that we use anymore. But he seemed like he had a little bit of gender dysphoria, but he, like, way overcorrected and went into, like, Manliest man of all time. Mm. And I just thought this was funny. He wanted everyone so badly to think that he was so straight and masculine that he was friends with Gertrude Stein, who is famously a lesbian. The manliest
0: thing you can do is hang out with Gertrude Stein. The manliest <laughs> thing you can do is
2: want to fuck Gertrude Stein, even though she is not you know famous for like getting a lot of male attention and doesn't want to date any men so he he said of her she used to talk to me about homosexuality and how it was fine in and for women and no good in men and i used to listen and learn and i always wanted to fuck her and she knew it and it was a good healthy feeling and made more sense than some of the talk classic hemingway prose (laughs)
1: he literally said the f word yeah whoa that
2: was an exact quote he had problems Oh, yeah, he had problems.
1: At that time, that was a bad word.
2: But he's like, I'm so straight, I even want to fuck this unattractive older lesbian. That's how straight I am. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I admire that. Convincing. So now it's 1926. Zelda and Fitzgerald have been married for six years. And uh, after this whole, like... Throwing herself down the stairs and him having sex with a prostitute and this whole thing. Their marriage, the source I read said, quote, was considerably strained, which I think is like the understatement of the century. (laughs) (laughs) So they leave Europe and they move back to Hollywood. Things start to happen kind of fast here, so I'll kind of just blow through this. Fitzgerald meets a 17-year-old actress named Lois Moran. Rachel... It's his type. Mm-hmm. He's thirty-one at this point. She's seventeen. Wow. She's smitten with him, though. He's smitten with her in return. Both prime numbers. Hmm. Why are you such a number nerd on this episode? <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's three o.
1: Three o. Shout out to all my number nerds out there. Three o loves you.
0: Three o loves you. Send him an, a message in binary. <laughs>
1: Or 3O feels whatever affection he can towards you. I don't know if 3O feels love.
2: <laughs> Mix up their name with a uh, minor Rachel so they'll know they love you. They'll know you love them. So they'll know they love you. <laughs> 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 hey you guys love yeah. me did you know that this
1: one's for you Rachel I mean number nerds
2: <laughs> now they love you now they love you yeah. they were like intellectually stimulating each other as well which sounds that sounds great now stimulating sounds gross in any why'd you say
0: it like that <laughs> <laughs> because
2: that's the ha- what you say right <laughs> no what should
0: I say like yeah intellectually tickling each other <laughs> I mean I'm sure there's a better way
1: arousing each other yeah intellectually
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were being sexually reckless with each other in an intellectual way <laughs>
1: perfect Then he farted.
0: (laughs) In a sexual way.
2: (laughs) And then he farted. And Zelda, remember, Zelda was not, like, very intellectual. She was like, yeah, just, like, short story in the Saturday Evening Post. That's, like, the best thing you can possibly do. And he's like, Yeah. So they only last two months in Hollywood because Zelda's like, I need to get him away from this teenager. So, um, but not before in like Revenge, she burns all of her own clothing in a bathtub to get back at him.
1: Oh, hmm. that seems misdirected. I
2: mean, I've burned all my own clothing when I was mad at my boyfriend. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then I got really mad at my mom. So I broke my brother's mechanical pencil.
2: <gasps> really? That happened?
1: Yeah. Oh. When I was a little kid.
2: His only mechanical pencil?
1: It was a pretty special one, actually. And I was so mad at my mom. I was like, I will destroy this possession of my (laughs) brother.
2: That'll teach her. (laughs) Punishment
1: fits the crime.
2: There you go. The classic Theo thing. So <laughs> she burns all her own clothing. They flee Hollywood and move to Delaware. I'm like, just literally just divorce already. Like, it's the 20s. No one cares. Yeah, Why yeah, didn't yeah. they just divorce? I don't understand. So Delaware, everything gets really bad. He, like, falls deeper into alcoholism. Zelda's mental illness gets worse. And he's not getting anything done. So he, they move back to Paris, which, again, possibly... Maybe he likes to go to Paris a whole lot because of Duluth. gay things. I don't know. <laughs> it was a little bit more um And then there were
0: gay people in America too.
2: Yeah, but I don't it definitely wasn't as as cool. Being gay in Paris is way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Fitzgerald was gay, but I You just want people to be gay. That's the thing. So then you can ship them. Yeah. No, we haven't talked about that in a long time. Zelda is now so mentally ill that at one point she tries to kill herself and her family by driving their car off of a cliff. And uh, subsequently, she's diagnosed with schizophrenia. Hmm.
1: So she doesn't die by driving a car off a cliff?
2: She tries to drive the car off the cliff. She does not succeed in driving the car off the cliff. Oh. Huh. What, like it's hard? It's pretty easy to do. <laughs>
1: kind of i feel like if that was my intention i could do it
2: i mean this isn't really this is not a funny story but i have witnessed rachel spectacularly crash a car before yeah (laughs) and it was pretty easy for her (laughs) yeah all you have to (laughs) do is black out it flew in the air can i just tell briefly what happened i won't tell the whole thing yeah oh my gosh i've never heard this you didn't i i'm fine now we were hanging out with you that day
1: i've never heard your actual you know I heard about the viscera and such. The
2: viscera. There was no (laughs) viscera. (laughs) Oh, there was viscera. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I was driving in front of Rachel because she was following me in her car to, like, go from my dad's house to my mom's house, which was, like, a 15-minute drive. Mm -hmm. And at some point, she, I guess, blacked out. And I I was looking in the rearview mirror because I was like, Rachel's not doing a very good job at keeping up with me. Maybe I should go slower. (laughs) And as I'm looking in the rearview mirror, I see her car. veer. I'm like, oh, she's – Oh. Oh, she's crossing the center line. She's going to go back. Nope, she didn't go back. She didn't go back. She went all the way across the center line, off the road. Went on a ramp, flew through the air. It wasn't a ramp. It was like a natural ramp. It was like a hill.
1: <laughs> a strategically placed ramp. Yeah,
2: a hill. <laughs> a half pipe. It was a hill, but it basically acted like a ramp. And I, again, at this point, I haven't looked at the road in a few seconds myself, because this probably all happened really fast, but it so felt So fascinating. Like... <laughs> oh
0: my God. <laughs> yeah, it was really
2: fascinating. And I watched rachel's car go off the road up this ramp and fly through the air i saw the underside of her car and i'm just like what is happening (laughs) and then it it comes down and it bounces bounce bounce it never flipped and then it went off the other side and I was like what the fuck Rachel
1: (laughs) (laughs) she's doing a terrible job following me I mean
0: I came too when I was flying through the air oh really how how did you feel about that um I was like oh no surprised (laughs) yeah I was really surprised because the last I remember I was driving like normal then I woke up and I was flying through the air (laughs) it's like oh there's nothing I can do now (laughs) and you
2: saw the top of my car and you were like did Jackie fuck up? Because I shouldn't be seeing the top of Jackie's car from where I am.
0: (laughs) The thing that's weird is that, so I had mentioned before, for some particular reason that year, I had blacked out a couple times. And I think it was because of my, at the time, undiagnosed anemia. Mm. (laughs) Because another time I was... I was at a track practice and we were doing backward running. Hmm. I was running backward. And then the next time I came to and I had. And your heart <laughs> said, I need to reverse the blood flow. <laughs> well, when I came to, I was on, like, I was, I basically did a backflip, flip, like a backward somersault on the ground. And when I came to, my legs were over my head. So I just continued the roll and like popped up and kept going. What? And my coach looked over at me and was like, What? And I just kind of shrugged.
1: (laughs) What? I just blacked out. I'm going to play it off.
0: But I mentioned it to my parents and they didn't really take it seriously, I guess. So every time you pass out, like
2: you have to be in the middle of flying through the air in order for you to come back. I guess so.
1: (laughs) I feel like you, I feel like you should have done the same thing when you were in the car flying here in the air and Jackie was like, what are you doing? I like, I don't know. Shrug. <laughs> Sometimes cars just do this.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I did mention it and I think I, I mentioned it to my mom, she might've been like paying bills or something, but she was just like, huh? And I was like, oh, I guess it's not that big of a deal then. <laughs> I mean, she may not have heard me. The last thing I wanted to say
2: about the car situation was that when Rachel's car finally did come to a stop and I rushed over to her, the inside of it was covered in Indian food. So, yes, there were viscera. (laughs) 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 Because earlier in the day, we had been at an Indian restaurant with Theo and Steven, and I think it was just really hot out and you hadn't eaten enough. And your car said, I'm hungry, and it ate all the food for you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Anyway... Rachel's totally fine now. All right. Sorry. So where was I? Um, All right. At this point, Zelda had tried to murder the family, didn't succeed because she's not good at driving cars over cliffs. It was too hard for her. Um, They go back to America. Shit starts getting real. It is now 1930. The Depression is in full swing. Zelda has a ton of medical bills. And Fitzgerald is also spending a ton of money on that and also his own, like, excesses because he's drinking all the time. So he's, that's eating up a lot of his funds. He's pumping out like short story after short story after short story just to like keep them afloat. His book sales are really dropping because it's the depression and nobody wants to read about like rich people having fun.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Like
2: that's literally the reason no one wanted to read that stuff anymore. Even though bad things happen to the characters in his books. Not bad enough. Not bad enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he does start to work at this point on his fourth and final novel, which was Tender is the Night. I just thought this was funny. This wasn't supposed to be Humorous, but his the main character's name is Dick Diver, and it was him <laughs> based on himself, I guess. It's
0: a little homoerotic. Just like the Great Gatsby, it
2: didn't do well at first, but it's like now become very popular, even though the main character's name is unironically Dick Diver. Mm. At this point, his alcoholism really ramps up. He's like kind of struggling even to write or like do anything anymore because he's drinking so much that his brain isn't working so good. Oh gosh. And the New York Post, which I just thought this was like kind of unethical i don't know we'll see what you guys think but the new york post like published a, an article a nationally syndicated article about fitzgerald's like career decline and his alcoholism and how he's like you know washed up and can't do anything anymore okay while he's still alive mm-hmm. and like only 40 i mean i don't know if that's
0: unethical it's not very nice <laughs>
2: yeah. well he attempted suicide after reading that so it definitely affected him um yeah. well you wouldn't do that now you wouldn't like write an article about someone's like struggles with addiction and make it like their fault don't they but we understand things differently now
1: Um, okay yeah maybe not the new york post but i feel like some people do right
2: um maybe the new york post would actually because they're still pretty bad
1: (laughs) they are pretty bad he
2: he said that i met a
1: guy who worked for them
2: who was he bad
1: i met a guy who worked for them
2: did you break his pencil to get back at your mom
1: (laughs) (laughs) no he, he, he made a podcast that was really bad.
2: About what? About you? I bet he did. About how you're all washed up? <laughs> it's called Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. <laughs>
1: what? That was so rude. Um, about, Plug your pod. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's a really great podcast called Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. <laughs> no,
2: I really do like that podcast.
1: <laughs> but his podcast, it was about the history of bombings. <gasps> he wanted to use my music in it. But then he had one episode where he accidentally copied and pasted the entire episode twice and the same thing. Was, I don't know how we ended up doing that, but it was like twice as long as the other episodes because it was just the same episode Well, twice. that
0: would be <laughs> as crazy as releasing an episode
2: at 2x speed, uploading <laughs> one that was half as long as the normal episode. Yeah, that would be just as crazy.
0: <laughs> Who could do something like that?
1: <laughs> I think you guys just talked too fast that recording.
0: <laughs> so so you just actually release it at 0.5.
1: Yeah, I originally released it at the normal speed and you guys were like, "This sounds twice as fast. And I was like, well, you guys were talking twice as fast. But then I was like, okay, I can do my audio magic and fix this. Oh, man.
0: Make
2: them sound normal. Yeah. I owe you an apology. I thought that you messed up, but it turned out it was me that messed up.
1: It was both of you that messed up. <laughs> it
2: was both of us. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's still my fault as the producer. I should have said like, guys, you're talking twice as fast <laughs> as a normal human being is able to talk. Well. So I hope you're liking the episodes so far. We're actually kind of in the middle of it right now.
2: <laughs>
0: so, like, why did you interrupt uh, us? Do you think you could come back late? No. Alright, I guess we'll do it now. Do the interstitial now. <laughs> Whatever. You already did, so we'll tell you some stuff.
1: If you want to see what our Patreon is all about, just go to patreon.com slash firethecanon. What you'll find there is different rewards tiers. And if you pay $3 a month or more than $3 a month for rewards, you, the rewards you'll get... Then you get rewards. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll be rewarded with
0: rewards. bonus
1: episodes, bonus content. Uh, the there's one that I think we haven't mentioned yet, which is where I give Jackie and Rachel a quiz.
2: God damn yeah, it. We've never mentioned that. <laughs> we have more than that. Patrons don't let him fool you. We have more than that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So check that out. Maybe you'll enjoy our bonus content too. Yeah. Also go on Apple podcast. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. Go on Spotify. Give us five stars. Listen to every episode multiple times.
0: Tell your friends. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. All
2: right. So guys, do you mind if we get back to the episode now? Because Theo and Rachel and I were kind of- yeah, we're- busy busy. we're kind of in the middle of something yeah we're kind of in the middle of something it's very distracting all right back to the episode okay so things are like i said are going really badly zelda is now so um her mental illness has gotten so severe that she goes and is institutionalized in highland hospital in asheville north carolina Holla, North Carolina. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Shout out to all of our... Mental institutes. Yeah. <laughs> Asheville.
2: Asheville, I learned this on a ghost tour in Asheville. Um, oh. <laughs> Asheville was kind of like a hop in place in the 20s. Like the New York socialites would go there and it was like the cool place to be. It's mentioned in... Uh, wow, Like on the first page of the Great Gatsby as like a place where rich people go. Oh. Really? Right,
1: Rach? Head over to the Mellow Mushroom. I don't remember. That's all I remember from Asheville. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you yeah, Head over to the Mellow Mushroom. See a show with the orange peel. So she's in the hospital, inpatient there, and he lives in hotels, like, nearby around the Asheville area for most of, like, 1937 and 1938. And he referred to that period of his life as the crack-up, and he wrote a book about that. (laughs) Okay. I'm almost done, I promise. But I did want to take a very brief aside, to because I was like, (laughs) so Zelda's being treated for schizophrenia in 1937. Like, what did that consist of, even? There wouldn't have been any antipsychotic medications for, like, right. years to come. So, like, what were mm-hmm. they actually doing for her?
1: I'm guessing only slightly better than throwing her downstairs and driving her off a cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, it's about the same. <laughs> or making her join the army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Honestly, yeah, burning all her clothes, throwing her down the stairs probably would have been just as good. So they would prescribe sedatives, which, like, yeah, that'll definitely stop the behaviors. Um, It'll stop all behaviors. (laughs) They tried hydrotherapy, which sounds exactly like what uh, Fezzik does to Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride, where he just dunks his head in hot water and cold water repeatedly over and over to, like, shock the system.
1: (laughs) Is that the part where he's like— I trained myself to have immunity to hot and cold water for years, so this doesn't affect me.
2: Yeah, that's my favorite scene of The Princess Fry. That happens. <laughs> I developed an immunity to hot and cold water. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the difference anymore. (laughs) Other things they would do. So like shock therapy. Shock therapy didn't just refer to electroconvulsive shock. It referred to like any kind of shock. So they would shock you with the hot and cold water thing. They would shock you by giving you a bunch of insulin, which could kill you. Mm. They would shock you with something called metrazole, which I'm not sure what that is. And (laughs) electroconvulsive therapy. Sounds shocking. What did these all have in common? They caused seizures. And they believe that seizures and schizophrenia were related such that you couldn't have one while the other was happening. Oh,
0: nice. Very smart. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they figured if they gave you a bunch of seizures, you couldn't be schizophrenic anymore.
0: Okay. I see the logic. And I assume that they've been proven right. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: It's exactly like that now. Wow. All you have to do is get <laughs> epilepsy. Oh, awesome. So, Zelda didn't get better. <laughs> she was discharged after four years but she you know continued to go back in and out because
0: she liked it so much right she loved it she was totally fine she just really liked it there yeah she said give me some of that sweet sweet insulin hook me up (sighs) so
2: they never lived together again like they were married still but separated F goes back to Hollywood and literally guess what he tries to do next guess
0: hook up with a 17 year old he tries to get Ginevra back his very first Hello. girlfriend from 20 years ago. A former 17-year-old. A former 17-year-old.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: What a baller move. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Bia?
1: That's awesome.
0: Why is that awesome?
1: It's just a cool thing. It's so
0: uh, pathetic. <laughs>
1: does it? Well, if, does it work?
0: What do you think? (laughs) Yes. Has anything ever worked out for him?
2: (laughs) Mm -mm. Nothing's ever worked for him. So, uh, she actually does come visit him in Hollywood, and it seems like she was about to agree, but Mm -hmm. his uncontrolled alcoholism... Like, leave her husband for him? I guess she... I don't know, but it seems like she must have left her husband already. Mm -hmm. Which, if she's capable of leaving her husband, I don't know what the fuck him and Zelda were still doing married. Yeah. Mm. That's weird. Yeah, but she actually did visit him, but his uncontrolled alcoholism ruined it, and uh, they didn't get back together. Mm. At this point, he... He tries to treat his alcoholism or, like, he tries to avoid alcohol and he replaces it with a ton of Coca-Cola. Like, a ton and a bunch of sweets.
0: Oh, like the cocaine kind. Um... I don't know if that had anything to
2: do with it, but it was a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar that he was eating, like the sweets and tons of Coca-Cola. It also didn't work. Like, he <laughs> he just was an alcoholic now and also eating tons of sugar. So, so here's a question.
0: How do people stop being alcoholics these days? Because we don't really have a good method, right? Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I think, I mean, there's ways of doing it, but I think you have to have a lot of support. It's a lifelong condition. Yeah. It's
0: not like there's one thing you can do. So, it's, I mean, honestly, his idea of replacing it with sugar, Um, some people still have to do that now. There are
2: medications you can take that will make you extremely sick if you drink alcohol. So Mm. the idea is like to negatively condition yourself against alcohol. But I don't know that a lot of people use that these days. Why not? I don't know. I, I guess because it's expected that you're probably going to relapse at some point, and so maybe it's not a good idea for you to get horribly sick every time that happens. Uh, I don't know. I'm not i am not an expert on that. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm talking about. If you know what you're talking about and it's the same thing that I'm talking about, please let us know. Hmm. I, there's a reason I mentioned all the sweets, though. So anyway, at this point, he's been rejected by Ginevra a second time, <laughs> two decades well, apart. Well, he
0: shouldn't have tried again.
2: Gosh. He shouldn't have tried it. Ad- yeah. No, it was a baller. He starts an affair with um, a gossip columnist named Sheila Graham, who had never read any of his books. At this point, he was drinking nearly 40 beers a day. Oh, how, hmm.
0: sir, switch to liquor, that's such a high volume of liquid, too. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's probably just constantly on the toilet, just peeing it all
2: out. I literally don't know how. I mean, he obviously couldn't function, but that's just so much liquid.
1: 40 beers a day.
2: Yeah, I don't know. This gets really sad. So he he goes around. Remember when he would, like, flag down cars and, like, excitedly tell them his book got published? Yeah. Now he's, like, going around drunkenly telling strangers, like, come on, you know who I am? I'm, I'm F. Scott Fitzgerald. You must know who I am, right? You read The Great Gatsby? You remember it? You remember me? And they'd be like, get away from me. It was really sad. I smell 40 beers on your breath.
0: (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) There's 40 beers in this (laughs) guy. Is
1: that a callback to Beowulf? It's a
0: callback to our Beowulf episode. (laughs) Because he had the strength of 40 men.
1: The construction of it did sound familiar. I was like, why do I feel like I've said this before? (laughs) He
2: did. You've said that before. There's 40 40 guys in this. What is it? 40 arms in this dude? (laughs) I think it was 30. There's 30 30 men men in in these muscles bod. Something like that. Something like that. He had the beers of 40 men. So, his new girlfriend hadn't read his book, so he tried to go to the store and buy her a set, only to find that stores didn't carry them anymore. Wow.
1: What? Go to a used bookstore. No,
2: that couldn't find one. <laughs> In December 1940, he was with her. Suddenly, he jumped up from his chair and collapsed and died without a word. He had occlusive coronary arteriosclerosis. Mm. So, he did not technically die of alcoholism. Nice. I think probably all the Coca-Cola and sweets is what caused his arteries to be occluded but i'm sure the alcohol didn't help Hmm.
1: sugar does that to your arteries
2: well it makes you gain weight and then when you gain weight Uh. usually there's excess fat in your blood and then that clogs up the arteries so Mm. again i'm sure none of it helped he also claimed to have tb Hmm? a lot of people were like okay that's He's just like covering up his alcoholism by claiming to have TB. But then some people think he really did have TB as well. So he was just like in poor health all around. He didn't die of TB though. So the really sad ending of his life, Zelda periodically would return to the hospital on and off until she actually died in a fire at the hotel in 1948. She was locked into a room awaiting electroconvulsive therapy and um, the fire started and she died. I do want to do an episode on her. She was an interesting person. I'll try and wrap it up by being a little more upbeat, which is that obviously, um, even though he had a very tragic end to his life, he's now considered like one of the greatest writers of all American writers of all time. He had like interesting ideas about like what it was to be a writer and um, what his goals were. So he said of himself, my whole theory of writing, I can sum up in one sentence. He said, an author ought to write for the youth of his own generation, the critics of the next, and the schoolmasters of ever afterward. Well, he did. Hmm. He was like, I'm going to write myself into that canon. And now, he's required summer reading for, like, everybody. So
0: Interesting. He's in our pod, right where he wanted to be.
2: Right where he wanted to be. We can't fire him, guys. He's too sad. Like, he was really, really sad. (laughs) we'll see about that. We'll see if we fire the great American novel from the canon.
0: I mean, there are other ones. Is it really
2: the great American novel? No,
0: there are other ones. There are plenty of other ones. Moby Dick, hello. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure
2: people have called all sorts of novels that, but it has been called that. Someone also said of him, if you want to know about Spain, you read Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises. If you want to know about the South, you read Faulkner. If you want to know what America's like, you read The Great Gatsby. Fitzgerald is the quintessential American writer. Okay,
0: that's silly to say that a book about rich people living in New York is how you find out what America is like. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's a stupid quote. Hey. <laughs> that's how you
2: find out most of America's problems.
0: <laughs> that we care too much about rich people in New York.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Also, it seems a little silly to say if you want to learn about Spain, then you should read an American writer writing about Spain.
0: I mean, you literally called one of his books the great European novel because he wrote it in Europe. I was joking. (laughs) That's what I do. I joke. Oh, okay.
1: I guess if you're an English speaker, you probably can't read the ones that are in Spanish, right?
2: You could read Don Quixote or something. You can read a translation. But that's an old Spain.
0: That's like saying, if you want to know about China, you should read Pearl S. Buck. But Don Quixote is not going to teach you about Spain. Let me just say that. I know he's not. (laughs) Okay. Ooh, a girl named Rachel
2: just sent me a message on Bumble.
0: It was me. And I thought it was my Rachel. It's not, though. What if you only became friends with people named Rachel so that you c- wouldn't have to confuse us name-wise? Like, when I say your name while
2: we're hanging out in a fit of excitement, <laughs> I don't say the wrong name accidentally. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh. You guys do that, right? Just yell, Rachel. <laughs> yes, Rachel, yes. Yes, this is so fun. Boring, <laughs> <laughs> out. That was a sex joke. Yeah. That was a sex joke? Wasn't a very good one. <laughs> yeah. If you cheat on someone, you should cheat with someone of the same name, so when you yell their name later, it doesn't sound messed up. <laughs> oh,
1: is that just? what people know. Is that a joke? I don't
2: know. Sounds like weird advice. <laughs> have yeah. I been getting weird dating advice? Maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: My friend Michael said he got an email once a year when he was at Rice from someone named Michael who would try to organize an event for all the Michaels at Rice and that just all the Michaels would go hang out.
0: <laughs> and Did he do it?
1: I don't know if Michael ever went to the event, but he got an email every year about it.
0: Uh, you should have had a Theo <laughs> event at Oberlin.
1: Oh yeah. Theo Anthony.
0: You and Theo Anthony hanging out
1: Theo Croker that would
2: be awesome have we told about Theo Anthony on the podcast before Uh,
1: I just talked about it with my mom
2: yeah. Why don't you tell people who didn't listen to the mom episode? Maybe just book fans are here.
1: Hmm. Can we actually save that for another episode? Okay. Yeah,
2: let's save it. And let's
0: end this on a high note. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when we talk about Theo Anthony, it references something from Theo's life that you'll learn about later. Or if you want to learn about it now, go listen to the Mother's Day episode. I mean, it's kind of my mm-hmm. life, too. Yeah, right. It's my life. Oh, now I have to put that on our playlist. Oh, no. <laughs> I started a Fire the Cannon Um podcasting along playlist on spotify which i'm still working on and when i'm reasonably finished with it i'll share it with you guys but it's a you'll
0: never be finished well
2: whatever it's a compendium of uh <laughs> all the songs that we mentioned <laughs> okay
0: even the ones i edit out
2: no if they're edited out i won't remember them i only know about the <laughs> ones from the episodes that we actually published
0: hmm <laughs> Is fast car on there? Yeah, it was the first one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right.
1: Sorry. Can we just do a little segment called Theo's Online Adventures? Yeah. Sure. Because we we're when we were talking about the name Griselda, and I said there's a horse named Griselda, and Rachel was like, probably is. I was like, let's prove her right. And then I <laughs> found a website called blood horse which tracks the lineage of horses
0: Theo, wow. why is it called blood horse
1: <laughs> i oh. don't know not ter- horse ripper <laughs> should be
0: called horse it should be called horse or even horse blood is better
1: <laughs> <laughs> horse blood no that's not better sounds terrible
2: blood horse is that a pun or something
1: I feel like I know more about Griselda's family tree than I know about mine
0: now. So you've just, so when Jackie was like, Thea, what are you doing? You were just reading up on the family no, tree of a horse. This, he was, this was like, before, Oh no, this I was, was just staring at this the was guy not this not was responding and I was, this was listening. before
1: this is before so
2: hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to guess what the what Griselda's parents' names were?
2: griselda and griseldo
0: <laughs> yeah
1: no can the man and rush to war
0: oh i forgot these are horses <laughs> is can the man the mom or the dad
1: i don't know it doesn't really say <laughs> what, what does 11b mean do you think that means boy 11 boy what's
0: the other option
1: the other one is 11 dkb slash <laughs> you,
0: you sure it's
2: 11 and not two because on pedigrees we label the generations like one two three four
1: the next one says five and 92
2: Oh, okay, then. Yeah, no, that's not.
0: I don't know if I, any of that tells you if it's a boy or girl horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a lot of genders, okay? so it's a I'm On this blood horse thing, like gender five, gender 92, gender 11. To
0: quote Joe Biden, there's at least three.
2: <laughs>
0: what? Someone was trying to catch him during an interview, like, while he was walking somewhere, and some reporter was like, Mr. President, how many genders are there? And he was like, at least three. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. I don't like Joe Biden, but he is fucking funny sometimes. Like, everything that he says when he's pissed off is so funny. There
0: are a list of, like, there's, like, five cool things that he's ever said, and that one is on there, and the other one is where someone, he went to the UK, and someone was trying to ask him a question, he's like, what outlet are you with? And they said, we're with the BBC, and he goes, the BBC, I'm Irish, and then, like, wouldn't answer their question <laughs>
1: That's funny. While he was president?
0: Yeah, this was recently. Wow. And did you know his mom, his mom hated the British so much? She wrote a poem about how she wanted rivers of blood to rain down on England.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: Someone asked him if he regretted fist-bumping uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman. If he regretted fist-bumping him, he said, why don't you talk about something that matters? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good, too.
0: Wait, I have found the thing about the genders. A woman, it's, uh, someone said, how many genders are there? And he said, there are at least three. And then she says, can you name them? And he said, don't play games with me, kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, he's good. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Griselda has had no inbreeding through five generations.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Right? (laughs) I don't know. It's
1: a travesty. Um, Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing. Can I just list off? I'll I'll list off four horse names, and we'll just assume they're stallions, and you can decide which one you would like to uh, sire with or whatever it's called.
0: What? If I'm a horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are you saying if I'm a horse or I own a mare? Which stallion would I want that horse to get with?
1: You're the horse. Which is the most attractive name? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Jackie, are you going to play too?
0: Yeah,
2: I'm getting ready to be attracted to horses. You just go ahead.
1: (laughs) Okay. Majestic warrior, wild rush, wild again, plugged nickel, (laughs) Ew, or traffic judge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jackie would pick traffic
2: judge. (laughs) Oh yeah. That really gets my motors going. Is that a thing people say? Gets my motors going my or is that ro- only for motor robots?
0: Running, I think. Okay. I got a lot of motors.
2: <laughs> a lot of motors. <laughs> At least At three. At least three. One for each gender. <laughs> Sorry. So there was a specific Joe Biden quote I was looking for that he said something like really mean, but it was like funny, but I can't find it. But what I did find was a whole bunch of like gaffes that he said. Can I just like finish the episode by telling you some of these?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. He, okay. You should make it a game. And we have to guess if it's a Joe Biden gaffe or it's a can the man gaff.
0: Okay. Oh, I'll say of all those names, if I was a horse and I had to pick someone, another horse just based on the name, what would you pick, Jackie? Traffic Judge? I'd say Wild Rush. Yeah, probably Wild Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Majestic Warrior is too, it's too over the top. Yeah, Mm -mm. right. But Wild Again, that was my rebound. That's pretty funny. (laughs) I don't know, Wild Again is pretty funny. Wild
1: Again. (laughs) But Wild Again came before Wild Rush.
0: Are they descendants of each other?
1: Wild Again is the parent I guess maybe the father of Wild Rush.
0: Huh.
2: Weird. All right. Hmm. So guess whether Whoa. this was what? Sorry.
1: Isn't Secretaria a famous
0: horse? Yeah. Yes.
1: That was that's one of Griselda's. five generations back.
0: For Griselda?
1: Yeah, it's one of Griseldas. That's a seventy C H Why do
0: you know about this particular horse? <laughs> I
1: don't. I think there's like a folk song called Stew Ball and Griselda or something about a horse race. But I don't know about – this is a different thing. All right. Go on, Jackie. All right.
2: So guess whether this was Joe Biden or a traffic judge gaffe or whatever you said. Okay. Okay. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> Classic traffic judge.
1: He's got issues with his Irish heritage, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't it a bitch, this vice president thing? That was a joke. That was a joke. Best decision I ever made. I'm joking. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gaff machine, but by God, what a wonderful thing compared to a guy who can't tell the truth. Okay. Mm. Uh, uh, Chuck Graham, state senator, is here. Stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about?
1: <laughs> was, was it not the guy?
2: He has problems. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he was. Oh, it was because... um. Oh, God, it's because Charles Graham uses a wheelchair and can't get out of it.
1: Oh, oh <laughs> he that's He was saying, stand up, Oh, God, what am I talking oh, about? man.
2: <sighs> a man I'm proud to call my friend. A man who will be the next president of the United States. Barack America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a long time ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> They're all so funny. We um, yeah, this one. His mom lived in Long Island for 10 years or so. God rest her soul. And, uh. Although she's, wait, your mom's still alive. It was your dad who passed. God bless her soul. I got to get this straight.
1: (laughs) Joe Biden once told me.
2: (laughs) Joe Biden once. Hey, that leads into one of my
0: stories that... I, I've been saving for months,
2: okay. but it's this episode's too long already.
0: <laughs> just hurry up and say it, and then we'll stop. <laughs> just
1: say it, and then we'll do the outro, and then we'll be done. Yeah. We have enough Griselda material, I think, <laughs> so we can just do your story and then be done.
2: Okay, sorry. So as everyone knows, that song is famously in Shrek, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's going on the sing-along playlist now. Um, but my Gen Z coworker told me... I haven't told you guys the story. I don't know. I haven't told you a story <laughs> involving Shrek, to your knowledge. <laughs> I don't remember. Tell uh, it. I don't think so. So, my Gen Z co-worker, apparently Gen Z is really into Shrek right now, hmm. really into it. There's, like, Shrek-themed parties going on in Brooklyn and trendy things like that. I don't know. So, her, she had a friend, Carly had a friend, who was at a bar, and they were playing Shrek. And she, like, took a picture of the screen and snapped it to her like, the guy she was, like, casually dating at the time, just to be, like, ha look, Shrek is on in a bar. And after that, he mysteriously, like, stopped talking to her, like, ghosted her or would, like, sometimes, like, not want to make plans with her or he'd be really flaky. And she was, like, talking to her friends about it, being like, what is going on? Like, why on earth is he acting like this? Like, I don't know what I did. So she eventually, like, confronted him and said, like, you've been really weird. Like, what is the problem? And he said, look, like, I just don't know if... I I think you want something more than what I want. Like, I'm not really at where you are emotionally. And she was like, what are you talking about? She realized that the picture of the TV that she had sent him, the captions were on, and it happened to be at that moment in the song where it says, like, I'm in love. I'm a believer. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So they broke up because he thought that she was telling him, I'm in love with you, by sending him a Snapchat of a picture of the tv playing
0: shrek oh my gosh
1: and that is a pretty immature way to tell someone you love them
0: men have problems men have problems okay i am so glad yes they do yes they do (laughs) No. Uh (laughs) yes they do show
1: me a man and i'll tell you he doesn't have a problem
0: okay steven when he's traveling
1: perfect example (laughs) not a problem
0: joe biden (laughs) yeah You're weird if you think that's how
2: someone tells you that they love you, and then you are like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't love you back, I'm sorry. also (laughs)
0: that your response is to ghost them. Yeah. If you think they just confessed their love via Shrek, (laughs) and then you're like, uh, it's ghost in time, baby.
1: (laughs) What, What would you, uh, what would you do?
0: I would never think someone's confessing their love using Shrek, but if I thought they did, I would be like, hey, sorry, I think you want more than i do (laughs) it's
2: gen z it's gen z they're really into shrek that could have been a realistic thing they like shrek almost as much as they like butt stuff Uh.
1: he might not even realize she cared about shrek on that tv he might have thought she was just like that's the caption yeah wait that'd be pretty quick for it wouldn't "Ah." be
2: i know yeah (laughs) it's not on screen very long i'm gonna snap him something that i really mean i gotta wait for it to go there it is (laughs) got it (laughs) isn't that the craziest? Reason that someone has broken up that you've ever heard, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a shame because, like, what was he supposed to do in that situation? I just think,
2: you know. I just think he was so right to act the way he did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would it have been worse if he reacted by being like, I'm so glad you said that? I feel the same way, and then she'd be like, "What? I don't know." <laughs> no, she didn't love him.
1: Well, then why did she send the picture?
2: Yeah. Wait, <laughs> am I on his side now?
0: <laughs> no, I'm just
2: kidding. You no, know, it would have been so embarrassing if he, and then he had to play it cool and be like, "Oh, I'm just kidding." Yeah. All right, that's. Something that's been weighing on my mind forever, I
0: just had to tell you guys. Well, good job saving it.
1: That was a good story. I'm glad this is the first time I heard it.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm really glad I've never heard it before.
1: Because then I got to have a real reaction where I felt like, that poor guy, he wasn't ready for love.
0: <laughs> he was so right. Yeah, that yeah. poor guy. He's
2: being like publicly pilloried for his good ideas. It's a <laughs> totally normal way that he interacted with another person.
1: All right, everybody. I hope you liked this episode of the podcast. Come
2: back next week to hear us talk about part one of The Great Gaps be part one of two we're going to cover half the book
1: that's the book that this sad man wrote <laughs> if you would like to find us on social media we're on
2: and then he farted <laughs>
1: You wouldn't think they would need to be mentioned, right? It doesn't seem that significant. No, it doesn't. Everybody farts.
2: It also doesn't seem like it would cause Theo to genuinely laugh each time we say it. Like, it never, there's no diminishing returns for Theo on this. It's equally as funny every time. That's
0: the one joke he can hear over and over again. Over and over.
1: I don't know if it's like just that it's a fart. I think what's funny about it is like, yeah,
2: it just, you'd
1: think that would fly under the radar. But anyway,
2: somehow it made it onto my outline, so it must have been important. (laughs) No one knows how, but it did. Second only in importance to the devil, baby.
1: (laughs) That that I understand why that would be in a biography. Okay, if you want to find us on social media, we're at Fire the Cannon Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok.
2: Facebook? Yeah,
1: Face whatever. Email at gmail.com.
2: Dick book. book
1: That's probably all of them.
2: And also, if you would like to visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash firethecanon. I have so many ideas for bonus episodes based off of this. I want to do one on Zelda. I want to do one on The Vegetable where we cover the whole play because it's in the public domain. So why the fuck not? <sighs> Also, we're going to do more Goosebumps. We're going to have a whole bunch of huh. other stuff. Like, stuff is coming up. Not only is stuff coming up, but stuff has done been there, and it is also really good. So, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash firethecanon.
1: And give us five stars on Apple Podcasts.
2: Theo's currently holding up
0: four fingers, but he wants you. He says, give no, us, it, give there us is, five stars.
1: Yeah, there's was some uh, foreshortening so my thumb didn't look thummy.
0: But if you look at the thumb of, like, a Greek statue, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. wondering, did you— you mean to say foreshortened
2: because that's exactly what Hemingway said about um Fitzgerald's penis. Wait, really? Yeah, that's he said he you're said. looking at it from above it's foreshortened. You have to look at it was side on. Was his penis
0: vertical? I don't that's, know what
2: it is, I don't know what the configuration was at the time. That's not
0: how foreshortening works unless it's pointing right at you. Well, it was pointing down probably, so he looks at it and he sees it, well, you know. pick it up a little bit. Gosh.
1: All right. We love you guys. Thanks for
2: listening. If you think you have a small penis just try turning it to the side. go to the Louvre you'll feel better go to
0: the Louvre you'll feel better Louvre okay okay bye everyone bye